and welcome to Teacher Needs a Drink Podcast. I am Elvis, your host. I'm here to let you know that this is a not-safe-for-work podcast. We are teachers at the end of the week and really the end of our ropes, and we'd like to be able to talk honestly and openly about education without having to worry about losing our jobs. So we'll be using pseudonyms throughout the podcast, hence the Elvis. If you have anything you'd like to share with us here at Teacher Needs a Drink Podcast, hit us up to the contact page of our website. It's teacherneedsdrinkpodcast.com. Next thing you need to know is awesome is that we have a Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you, yes you, can have your name right at the beginning of the podcast and get access to over 100 pieces of personalized, well, it's not personalized, but you know, specific to the Patreon piece of audio content. We have lost episodes, interviews, there's so much stuff there. So check it out and help support us. Now, here's the list of all of our current patrons. I give a big thank you to Miss Inga, Kaylee, Terry J, Tracy B, Miss Wonderstats, Quentin P, Echabex, Mistress Mischief, Natasha S, Misanthropy, Prince Buttercup, Dragon Lady, Helena C, Aaron B, Stephanie X, Texas Teacher Kristen, James Nally J, Samantha D, Lisa C, Rachel, Jin Genie, Exhausted Band Director, Kimberly K, Zweska A, Swift Lab Owners, Amanda F, Ariana L, Physics Runner, Steph, Michael M, William P, Aldrich T, La Scorpianita, Britt M, Teresa H, Biker Teach, Marsha M, Christina B, Jason F, Abby B, Sarah B, Regina N, Josie S, Sam B, Mary E, Kristen W, Vanessa J, Mary C, RJR, Kristen C, Johanna H, Irma A, Nimi, and Sarah N. Thank all of you. I'd also like to thank our sponsor over at Lud Lamb Dramatics. If you are a theater teacher or know one in your building, go to Lud Lamb Dramatics and they will set you up. They have the best website ever, ludlambdramatics.com, and they have everything that an aspiring theater teacher needs to have the best dramatic classroom ever. Woo! All right, friends. Well, it is summer for us, and we've got some great live episodes coming your way. And we're actually recording this Wednesday. Actually, the day this comes out, we're recording about three or four in a big, loud, drunken party. So this next month, there should be lots of great episodes for you. Well, guys, I hope you episode enjoy this past episode. It's number 23. So I hope you enjoy it. One of the lost ones. Cheers, my friends. All right, welcome to Teacher Needs a Drink Podcast. I am Elvis, your host, and today I have with me Miss Bunny O'Hare. What up, Elvis? Hello, and then I also have Miss Rosie Rose. Thanks for forgetting my name. No, I didn't forget your name. We're going to start off with this article. Teacher unions ask schools to rethink shooting drills. The nation's two largest teachers unions want schools to revise or eliminate active shooter drills, asserting Tuesday that they can harm students' mental health and that there are better ways to prepare for the possibility of a school shooting. The American Federation of Teachers and National Education Association joined with the advocacy group Every Town for Gun Safety Support Fund in calling for an end to unannounced drills or drills that simulate gun violence. Everywhere I travel, I hear from parents and educators about active shooter drills terrifying students, leaving them unable to concentrate in the classroom and unable to sleep at night. Traumatizing students as we work to keep students safe from gun violence is not the answer. That's why if schools are going to do drills, they need to take steps to ensure the drills do more good than harm. 
It also issued guidelines for schools that decide to use drills. These include never simulating an actual shooting, giving Mm -hmm. parents, educators, and students advance notice of any drill, working with mental health officials to create age-appropriate and trauma-informed drills, and tracking the effect. In Indiana, they were shooting teachers with rubber pellets so they would feel adrenaline with a school shooting would feel like. Mm -hmm. In California, a superintendent hired a stranger to wear a mask and rattle the doors of classrooms without letting faculty and students know. (laughs) We've seen students asked to pretend to be victims and lie down using fake blood in the hallway. According to a recent study conducted by the U.S. Secret Service, most school shootings last for two minutes or less, and nearly half of the events studied ended within one minute. That means it's (laughs) up to us to keep ourselves safe for the seconds that will feel as slow as a lifetime. We drill so everyone has a plan when faced with danger to give people a potential chance at survival. I will be the first to admit that I am an overly sensitive, overly reactive person to things that are that intense. I would have peed my pants if they had somebody in a mask coming along and like rattling the doors while I'm in the classroom with the kids. I would be I would have been thinking it was the real I would have peed myself. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> like, terrifying. Just, we hear about so many of these things that happen, but statistically it's hell of a lot worse than it was when we were in school. This didn't exist when I was in when I was your age, this didn't exist. I understand that we hear a lot more about it now and stuff legitimately does happen more now, but it's still statistically such a rarity that going to this extreme of shooting teachers and or students with pellet guns that just seems really overly stressful overly traumatizing for something that still statistically is not likely to happen i still have a better chance of like dying in an elevator accident i remember the first time i had to do an active shooter drill with a bunch of 25 kindergartners oh my god that is not something that they prepare you for in sub school yeah (laughs) I was a long-term sub in kindergarten, and they had this drill, and they warned us ahead of time. They don't prepare you for all the questions five-year-olds are going to ask you afterwards, Mm -hmm. and all the questions you inevitably have to find some sort of answer for. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't have to be thinking about somebody coming and shooting you at five. Hell, you shouldn't have to think about that at 18, but I think they're ridiculous. I think active shooter drills are not taking any sort of responsibility for the actual problem. And they're trying to stick a band-aid on it, and they think drilling will help. We're treating the symptom instead of addressing the actual disease. Mm-hmm. So I definitely, definitely believe that sending someone with a gun and shooting teachers with rubber bullets or having like people pretend to be dead bodies in the hallway, I think that's overkill to an extreme. I was about to say I don't see the point in doing that drill, but I went on a cruise one time, and they sat everyone down and said, okay, if there's a flood or if the boat leaks or whatever's going to happen, we need to do this exit thing where everyone goes on these lifeboats, and we have have to do this so you guys know what to do so here we go let's do it and so they walk us through and they do it and then we were trained we knew what to do and we moved on we didn't have to get surprised at two in the morning with a mm-hmm. light flaring hey you know what the boat's sinking let's go oh, we just wanted to make sure you're ready i would have lost yeah. my shit if someone did yeah. that to me on a cruise just like surprise here's drill as I've gone to a lot of different schools and I work with a lot of private schools right now, I see a lot of them will let almost everyone know ahead of time if there's a fire drill, earthquake drill, imminent weather drill, whatever they're drilling for. I think most of the students even know because we have a lot of students who are on various parts of the spectrum with all of a sudden you have flashing lights and a blaring mm-hmm. alarm. And if they aren't mm-hmm. prepared or if someone doesn't know, it can make things get out of control very, very quickly. See, I've heard the argument that the reason that we do those kind of drills is for children like that. But here's the thing. No amount of preparedness for a kid who's on the spectrum or has any sort of mental disorder. They're going to be triggered by it. Yeah, there's no amount of preparedness like, oh, we prepared for this. There's someone coming to shoot me. Everything's going to be fine. No. We had a situation at my school actually just last week now that we're talking about this where the intruder alarm got triggered. It was actually by accident. 
but we didn't know it was an accident. All we knew was that this was an unscheduled, unplanned drill and that we were going into lockdown. And we actually had a student, this is at a middle school, like a student wet her pants because she was so scared. Students crying and climbing into cabinets. And these are middle schoolers. This is not like sensitive little mm-hmm. kindergartners. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, sensitive teenagers. <laughs> this is this is sensitive teenagers, but like everybody kind of talks about, oh, you know, teenagers don't care, blah, blah, blah. These kids were legitimately frightened mm-hmm. and it was scary. Yeah. I just don't see the need to traumatize them. That's a case where I think planned is the only reasonable Correct way to do it. Yeah. But I still don't think they're necessary. I think after shooter drills in general are just they're They do more harm than good. Yeah, I think they're ridiculous. But if you're going to do them, make sure everyone knows the time, the date, when it's happening, so that teachers can at least prepare their students for, hey, this is going to happen. You know that every single one of those teachers has to talk to their class about why they're doing this yeah, or why they're having this drill. I think it's good to be prepared and to have some kind of thought process because since this has become a more common occurrence, I do believe schools are in general safer because like say my daughter's elementary school, they, you have to knock on the door, present like mm-hmm. flash ID mm-hmm. to the, like the ring camera. They have like these really hardcore bulletproof serious walls that will get you in like tier one that you can get into the office Isn't if you can get to depressing? tier two. But that's like the standard now. Or at least, <laughs> I know, but it's still depressing. <laughs> it is, but they're safer. And I think yeah. if you have some of these levels, that's enough. We talked about how like if a plane crashes into your school, what do you do? It's like the, you just the plane crashes, you deal with it. And I think we have as much of a plan as you can. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, teachers know to bolt the door, everyone get inside, don't need to terrify anyone past that. I understand, like, I'm all kinds of okay with having increased security with getting into the building because mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. also been in situations where the non custodial parent oh, yes. has oh, come yes. up to the school and tried to check out their student that they had a court order that they were not supposed to be near. And in that case, it was they very, very, shit. it was a very, mm-hmm. very good thing that that parent did not have access to the rest of the building. I'm all for increased security, but we're all on the page. Don't pretend to shoot teachers. And yeah. yeah, don't have dead kids laying in the hallway. Don't have yeah. fake monsters. And, you know, mm-hmm. that would be the day, like, some kid just happened to be in the bathroom when they announced this is happening, and they come out, and there's just a dead body and a pellet gun going off. And That happened, I mean, like, when we had the unannounced accidental unplanned, however you want to call it, thing that happened at my school last week. Like, we had kids that were in the bathroom, and then they couldn't get into classrooms because the doors had already been locked and we've been told, you know, don't open the door for anybody. And so these kids are in the hallway like screaming and crying because they think it's for real and they can't get to a safe space. This conversation literally just raised my heart rate that my watch let me know it went above 120. <laughs> my watch was like, hey, calm down. I don't know what's going on, but calm Take down. Take a drink, Rosie. <laughs> and now another installment of Just the Tip. Just the tip. So today's tip is that when you have a fire drill, let your students know ahead of time this could be (laughs) happening. Have them prepared so that when it does happen, you can still maintain a calm and orderly exit or whatever you need to do from the building. Let them know ahead of time. Let them know what the plan is and what the expectations are so when it happens, they cannot flip out and just go running around like mad because they think it's going on. This one's also a reminder to the admin out there who listen to our program. Please let your teachers know this is happening happening. As we all know, glitter is the herpes of crafting materials. Once you get it, you never get rid of it. The title of this is, I have made a nightmarishly bad decision submitted by Reddit user BuckNakedBodySurfer. <laughs> I stuck a glitter art project in the kindergarten take-home folders and probably just glitter-bombed the houses of all those kids. I hate glitter and feel really bad about the idiotic Friday afternoon decision. Ha ha. 
As a teacher, I always see sending the glitter projects home as getting even for the fact that my desk and clothes and body were covered in glitter for days following whatever project we did. I can't tell you how many times I've come home or gone out and had someone say, um, you've got something, I think it's glitter on your face. <laughs> I, I just avoid glitter at this point in my career. Oddly enough, it always makes me itchy. Yeah, yeah. I have a okay, personal... now I'm a little more impressed that they're a kindergarten teacher with that username. Like, you do you. <laughs> but naked, naked body, body yep. surfer is a mm-hmm. kindergarten teacher. You gotta teacher. thrive somehow. Yeah, I love that. Go Live ahead. your best life, man. I had to wear glitter as part of a costume for this thing, and it was getting vacuumed out of my apartment for two years afterwards. <laughs> And my roommate and I now both like the word glitter causes brain and eyeball twitches. I glittered my beard for a New Year's Eve party, like really caked it in really deep. And anybody I touched for like the next day, like friends I'd seen, give them a hug. They have glitter on their shoulder or on their thing. (laughs) Like, Were you in a relationship at this point? I was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so there was definitely a trail of who I had talked to, who I had hugged. (laughs) I really hope you didn't do anything like, you know, the police were coming because they would find you. Oh, yeah. No, no. From the glitter trail. Don't don't commit a crime after handling glitter or being anywhere in the vicinity. It's another tip for you. Don't murder someone after wearing glitter. Okay, this is from the Reddit's user Little Cranberry Five. Uh, the title says, "I told my students that teachers don't work for free, and they were genuinely upset." I teach ninth grade politics. Godspeed, comrade. We've been going over economics and discussing shifts in ideology with government control. One kid asked me if the teachers' union would go on strike if things continued to get worse. Usually, when I get personal questions, I shrug my shoulders and I ask them what they would do. At first, they liked the idea of not having to go to school, but then the conversation shifted when I asked them how the funding cuts would impact their future. We also talked about work to rule and how their extracurriculars would be the first thing cut. Several of them thought that teachers would work for free to ensure that they continued getting the best education possible and genuinely were offended when I told them that I don't work for free. One boy told me that good teachers don't do it for the money. I actually laughed out loud and told him those are called volunteers. And while volunteering is important, it doesn't pay my bills. Sometimes I feel like a jerk for bursting kids inflated bubbles, but geez, what a bunch of entitled kids. Yeah. 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 No, I'm not working for free. The the warm fuzzies don't keep my lights turned on. They sure don't. There's been a few times in my professional career where I've come before and come after and stayed late for kids out of the goodness of my heart, Mm -hmm. where I was like, you know what? It's cold outside the school won't let you until 7 15 i'll start a club that starts at seven o'clock so right. you guys can get in the right. building early i did that for a couple of years but i was also getting paid for my normal jobs yeah. like i'll come a little bit early to do this no one was paying me I, i'd quit showing up i mean i love the kids i don't love you enough to become homeless no. because mm-hmm. i'm not getting paid for this it's I, and i feel like that sounds really negative that sounds like we don't love our kids but our well, audience was, is mostly teachers yeah. i believe they understand but there's a phrase that i heard a while back that i keep thinking of when it comes to stuff like this about what you permit is what you promote yes so the more that we do for free the more we're going to be expected to do for free mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the more we do out of the goodness of our hearts, the more people come to expect that we're just going to do something just because it's the nice thing to do and it's mm-hmm. good for kids. It's always been done. There's got to be a balance. There's got to be respect and appropriate payment for services mm-hmm. rendered. All right. This article's from the Washington Post. Donald Trump Jr. announces you don't have to be indoctrinated by these loser teachers that are trying to sell you on socialism. In case you missed it, President Trump's son, Donald Trump Jr., made a speech at his father's pro-border wall rally in El Paso on Monday night, and he took a shot at America's loser teachers who he blamed for turning young people into socialists from birth. 
setting aside the fact that babies don't have teachers who can sell them on socialism, <laughs> his comment reinforces President Trump's comment about socialism in his recent State of the Union address. And what may be a new rallying cry for the GOP, the president said, here in the United States, we are alarmed by the new calls to adopt socialism in our country. Now, I'm going to stop this right here because it goes on just to have responses. But let me just say that that's... <laughs> Elvis. <laughs> no, I, I got really frustrated because a, a teacher who I do know and care for was putting a thing about how socialism was what the Nazis promoted. <laughs> and I was like, okay, there's two very, very different things. Was it thi a history teacher? No, Clearly. no. And I was like, you, yeah, you realize that fire departments are socialism, hospitals... Teaching public schools, that, that's socialism. It's free, and yeah. It's a public service paid for with tax dollars. That's kind of what that is. I mean, he probably calls them loser teachers because his were all bought and paid for, and so they probably had nicer cars than we had. Well, speaking of non-socialist education, Texas Education <laughs> Agency closes Cleburne Car Charter School oh. with one week's notice. <laughs> the Texas Education Agency is shutting down a charter school in Cleburne, giving parents a week's notice. Kaufman Leadership Academy was founded four years ago and has around 100 students enrolled. State leaders said the school is failing both academically and financially. Heather Maas <laughs> tried to answer questions from frustrated parents. Y'all have no clue what's going on here, one parent shouted in the meeting. Why do you assume that because they're from Cleaver and that's how they say it? Because they wrote y'all. I say y'all, but I don't say it like y'all. Y'all. <laughs> y'all have no clue what's going on here. <laughs> Is there any way to get an extension? We hope beyond hope that this will have been a successful school. Said 11 teachers were unable to cash checks, which the school's leaders deny. In a letter to school's leader, TEA said it had to close the school within a week because it was in a dire financial situation. Its accounts had been frozen by the IRS. Oh, shit. Damn. The closest charter school is more than 30 miles away, so many parents fear sending their children back to local school district. Some of them said they'll likely just go homeschool. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah, have fun with that. <laughs> so how did that non-socialist school work out for you? I, hmm. uh, the fact that there's only 100 students in the whole school, I'm just, and my brain is twitching. I'm like, you couldn't make it work with 100 kids? You, like, you couldn't pay 11 of your teachers? I, I, I teach literally twice as many in a single day, uh -huh. and you couldn't function with a hundred? What? Mm. What the hell? Ms. Rose Rose. <laughs> yes, how are Ms. you? Ms. Rose Rose, how are you doing today? So great, how are you? I hear there's been an update on a story that pissed off a lot of teachers. There has been. So it was announced back in January and we followed up. TRS, the Teacher Retirement System, system yeah, yeah. was going to take a new premier spot in the new fancy pants uh, business complex building that was opening up in Austin 6th Street in the big fancy bar district. And they were going to be paying 325000 a month to start with for the first few years before it jumped up to 380000 mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What happened? So according to the NBC affiliate in Austin, the teacher retirement system will not move into the tower with the... Two hundred and twenty-six thousand <gasps> rent. What? I know. According to the report um, and the statement provided by TRS, after considerable input from our members and public and a full discussion at our board meeting, they have decided not to move into that tower. You mean people might not have wanted their retirement money to go towards a stupid, expensive I know, building? It's crazy, right? I'm just imagining 
considerable input yeah. uh-huh. being like a bunch of what was it the howlers from harry potter with like, <laughs> the screaming letters and it just like, like are you fucking kidding me ronald <laughs> weasley <laughs> exactly like i'm so, just imagining a whole bunch of constituents calling up and screaming into their phones yeah so they said they're looking into a lease renewal at the place they're already leasing oh you mean so mm-hmm. wouldn't you have to move yeah. and oh it's crazy how that happens well, i know it's weird it's like they already had a place, but they wanted they something did. fancier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to use other people's retirement money for it and raise the rates for it. Yep. Assholes. Get wrecked, nerds. All right, ladies. Thank you for joining <laughs> us for another episode of Teacher Needs a Drink podcast. Buddy, thank you for being here. Thank you, Elvis. <laughs> Rosie Rose, it was wonderful to see your face here tonight. Thank you. Yours as well. Awesome. Well, cheers, everybody. Cheers. cheers. joining us for another episode of teacher needs a drink podcast teacher needs a drink podcast is released every wednesday if you can take a moment and tell one person at your school and let them know about teacher needs a drink podcast help spread the word it's one of the best things you can do to help us i'd like to thank our guest rosie rose and bunny o'hare i'd also like to thank our social media people miss priscilla and zola zanzibar